back to Waggle and Whip, everybody. Uh, we mm-hmm. are mixing it up a little bit this week. Obviously, I'm starting the podcast. Whoop, whoop. I got but the we're all still up, here, right? baby. Heck yeah. <laughs> but we're also all across um, the country. All of us are in different spots. So we missed you the last couple of weeks. You know, I, Steve's kind of bebopping around the country for work. Scotty's been all around. And me, well, I've just continued to be the boob station, holding down the fort here in L.A. <laughs> So, uh, what's going on, guys? Oh, uh, not much. I've, I've actually just walked into uh, Emily's <laughs> parents' place. My parents, too. Uh, but uh, an interesting logistical situation. Emily's back home with the baby. I'm traveling around for work. Cleveland ha- happens to be one of those stops. So, I get to spend a night with uh, with the rents and go to one of our, our favorite restaurants in town. Emily's super jealous about that. Yeah, don't uh, but yeah, it's good to be in familiar haunts here in Cleveland, at least for a short but sweet stay. And um, we're sorry we didn't get the podcast out last week. As Emily said, I've been traveling all around for boring work stuff. Scotty's also traveling around doing more exciting things. But uh, we got a lot to recap. Can't wait to, to uh, get you guys all updated. Good to be back on the pod. And uh, that's my deal. Scotty, where have you been up to? Yeah, no, like you said, been doing a bunch of traveling um, for the last eight days. I've been in the hottest part of the country, Palm Springs, in 115 heat for uh, actually el- caddying in LPGA Q School. Um, okay, now. So good. Yeah, really cool experience. Um, 369 girls chasing their dreams. Um, and I was lucky enough to caddy for a girl named Jennifer Chang, uh, number ninth ranked amateur in the world, uh, going to be a junior at USC. And we played really good, and uh, we're advancing the stage, too. So, oh, my God, that's so yeah, awesome. Fun. What, what, did you, um, what did you guys end up placing? That's awesome. Uh, T21st, oh, Congrats. That's awesome. So what's the next yeah. for you? For, what's, what's next so, for her? And yeah, so she goes to uh, Octo- she goes to stage two, which is in Florida in October, um, and then I think it's only like forty girls advance out of that, um, and then they play basically a two week tournament um, called the Q series, which is stage three, um, and then the top I think ten or fifteen out of that get full LPJ status. By just so some of our listeners who don't know, because this process I think is interesting. Um, anyone who advances to stage two gets fully exempt on Symmetra. So she'll be able to play whenever she decides to take ownership, she'll be able to That's play the awesome. full Symmetra tour. Whether whether she, you know, does that or not, um, she'll have full status on Symmetra. All right, so just to stay on this That's, week that's great, because I didn't know that. I was going I was, I was to ask about Symmetra because the, I, I didn't know the difference between who gets semester and who gets LPGA? Because I knew you can still actually just qualify through two schools and get your LPGA, yeah. LPGA tour card, which is obviously different than the PGA tour because you've got to go through the corn ferry in order to get it now. Um, right. But that's awesome, right. dude. That's I mean, that's that's good for her. Good for you. She did a great job on the bag, and you're uh, you know you're just uh, you know whatever one another top top ten or fifteen away from a from uh, an LPGA card. That's awesome. That yeah, is and she let, she listens to the pod, so hopefully uh, she gets this as a big congrats, and we'll have her on. So. Yeah. Oh, congrats, yeah. we'll get her Congratulations, on. but I, I do want to stick on that for a, um, a second because I, I do find it fascinating. Like, 
But yeah. Scotty, what just because for any caddies, like what happens with like the progression for you too? Now, will you travel yeah. with her? Is it all a decision that she makes on the fly, or um, what? What goes? Well, what's next? Well, yeah, to me, totally her and her parents' decision. Um, without getting into the details, she definitely took care of me and and, and paid me well, and I actually stayed with her and her mom, and it was a really cool experience. Um, they've alluded to the fact that if I would like to come to Florida, I have an a invitation to do so. But um, ultimately, I think that decision should come from, from her. And if she does send that call or text, uh, I'd be happy to, to work for her again. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, that's good. That's, well, best of luck. Good to hear. To I got one last question. One last question yeah. before we get off the LPGA thing. What, yeah, go ahead. Why, why do you have any insight into why Palm Springs? in August for the first stage. I yeah. mean, that just seems like a brutal, brutal yeah. spot to pick for August it qualifying. Is. It is. And then just, <laughs> just to differentiate, most, the, the men's PJ has qualifiers to get into Q school. Uh, the LPJ does not. So anybody that has, I think, a two handicap who doesn't have status can go. Um, why? I don't know. I think Mission Hills and Rancho Mirage is kind of the West Coast headquarters of the LPJ. Obviously, they have the Anna Inspiration, which is the first major there. And I think they just kind of have that deal with the golf course there. Mission Hills gotcha. is awesome, though. It's, so, it's such a beautiful course. Yeah, beautiful spot. Just the wrong time of year to choose it. But I, <laughs> yeah. probably, yeah. there are probably other factors that are going into that, that yeah. logistical yeah. I'm sure it has to do, it sure it has to do with money and, and a deal that, deal that someone at Mission Hills cut with the LPGA. Oh yeah, right, sure. and nothing to do with the people, the opinions on the live podcast. But anyway, yeah, yeah. but you know what? I'm <laughs> but anyway, sure there could yeah. be at one point there. The, our opinions will matter. You know, they already do. So don't sell ourselves short, Steve. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna sell us short now, and I'll sell us long later. Oh, okay, sounds good. Well, I know that that's all very exciting, and congratulations. Um, to progressing on to stage two, but also what is very exciting is drum roll. Uh, hello, the championships this past weekend. Let's get into it. Yeah, tour champ. That tour, tour championship, Mr. McRoy, the Irishman. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I obviously, as you guys know, I was, I was spending a lot of time on the own golf course, so I didn't see a lot of it. Um, uh, but I did watch most of Sunday morning. Um, and into Sunday afternoon. And um, just my takeaway is I've said it time and time again, and I continue to say it, when he is playing his best, Roy McIlroy is the most talented golfer in the world, and I think he's better than Brooks. He's better than all the other golfers. When he's playing the best and driving the ball well, he's the best golfer. Yeah, I mean, and he yeah. he proved himself, and he he proved your statement exactly um, to what you're saying, Scotty. This weekend, like he he had a goal he of what he wanted to shoot under, and he did what he did, and he kind of remained within what he personally wanted to accomplish, and that put him out on top. And um, it was like, I'm I'm sorry, you missed a really awesome um, a Sunday stretch, but at the end of the day, I mean, I know that you you know, updated yourself. It, um, it was a really, it was a really good end of the season for sure. Yeah. Um, what yeah. Was your Steve? yeah. I mean, look, I think he had arguably one of, if not the best 
season on the PGA Tour when you consider the players win, um, when you consider the Tour Championship win, um, you know, just the FedEx Cup season in general. He, you know, he earned a lot of points. He had a lot of top fives, a lot of top tens. He would have liked, obviously, to uh, beat Brooks in the WGC showdown on Sunday. So I thought it was really fun yeah. to see Brooks and Rory in the final group on Sunday again at the Tour Championship again. and Rory to get the best of him. Yeah. Uh, and I, I hope I hope that that kind of morphs into a bit of a, a rivalry going forward. I hope we see more of those one-on-one things because I think it's maybe just by luck, maybe just by the amount of talent that's in the field nowadays on the PGA Tour. But I don't think we've gotten enough of that that we've starved for, right? Like I'd love to see like Justin Thomas and Rory and Dustin Johnson and Brooks and um, Brooks and um, Spieth or, you know, yeah. Brooks and more Brooks and Rory. I, I want to see those top five, six, seven players in the world duke it out on the final, you know, on the final, on the final Sunday uh, yeah. a little bit more often. And I don't know that we've gotten that much of it. So it was kind of good to see that, I think. And, and to have that uh, come down on Sunday at the tour championship with that amount of money on the line. I thought that was yeah. fantastic entertainment. Um, and we'll get into the format here in a bit, but yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, obviously a very deserving champion. I think he deserved to get the tour championship for the way he played, not only in that tournament, but the way he played throughout the year. So I I think we got a very deserving champion there. I think the format worked and, uh, you know, congrats to Roy. I I think that I I I, I do agree as well. And just to, if I can add, I mean, for those of you, which probably do know, but, you know, McElroy did pick up his third victory of the season and he took out a, a took home a cool cash amount of 15 million for the grand prize. But um, just to say a little bit about, um, I, I think that the PGA could not have had a better matchup and a better like competition leading up until Sunday. Like it was the, it was the cherry on, on top of the Sunday. Like it, it was a great finish to it. A really awesome season with a lot of amazing storylines without question. Yeah. 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 I, 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 I 100% agree. Um, Obviously, you know, Tiger winning and and now we have the two heavyweights, Rory and, and Brooks dominating for the 15 million um, I think the question here remaining is, is, is what do we think of this format going forward? Right. Right. Of, of course. Um, so I'll, I'll jump in first. Uh, yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I mean, I don't know if there are anybody that loved it and I don't know if there's a perfect <laughs> format to actually, to actually, yeah. Yeah. you know, make this happen when you're trying to reward a season long race. You know, NASCAR has the same sort of problem. But when you're trying to reward a season-long race, like the way you reward that in other sports are that you give these people seeds, right? You give you give the team that wins the most in baseball, mm-hmm. like you, you, you get the number one seed, you're going to play the lower seed. The same thing goes with the NBA and, and the NHL. The, the one seed plays the eight seed. And you sort of you, – you, that's how you reward those one seeds. And golf didn't really have a way previously – of rewarding the one and two seeds to play the lower seeds. The only way they really kind of, so their way of doing that season long, basically reward is to give them a a, a shot of whatever that was to give them a handicap, basically to to preset the field um, at the tour championship. And I, most of our listeners probably know this, but just in case a little bit out of the loop, the, you know, the, the tour championship, 
started with a staggered leaderboard where the leader started off at 10 under the next guy started off at, at eight under. And I don't have all the yep. numbers in front of me right now, but basically it went on <laughs> down forth to where the top 30 played in it. And the, the numbers 20 through 30 started at, at even par. So you started either right. eight or 10 shots off. Um, now th- the good thing about it is even though you're starting off that late, they really rewarded a lot of people that got to the tour champion. Right. So you got yep. uh, just by getting there, you're going to make a, you know, you're going to make a couple hundred grand. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> yeah. nobody had a bad yeah. week. Even, even if you're finished in last place, the tour championship, they're rewarding everybody who basically had a season long top 30 finish. And so to be honest to me, and I'm a little bit, I think on the outlier if I'm reading golf Twitter, but I, I liked it. I mean, I like the format. I think it's an improvement over the, over the previous one, even if it was just simply for the fact that, that you don't have a tour champion and then a FedEx cup champion and the FedEx you're trying to like for the people that used to win $10 million, you're trying to figure out, well, where does this guy stand? What does this putt mean versus that yeah. putt? Like no one really knew. You just kind of had this idea by, you know, the number they put up on the scoreboard, like, okay, like <laughs> this guy's now at eight. So you really just never knew with this it just simplifies the whole thing. It makes it easier for the fans. And, and really, I don't think the players, I don't think it really hurt anyone except, you know, the only, the only gripe I would have about the format, there's, there's two things and one of it's not the format and I'll, 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 and then I'll throw it over to you, Scotty. But the two gripes I'd have about it is I think yep. in the actual playoffs before the tour championship, I think they put too many points on the winners of those two events. So Patrick Reed shoots up from yep. like 40 something cause he gets 2000 points to like five or four, you know, and then Matsuyama kind of did the same thing because he had a great week at, um, at a BMW. And so I think that they should probably, if I was going to do one thing points wise to change it, I'd probably dial back the points a little bit on the first two playoff events. So somebody can't come rocketing into the top five from like 50th or 60th, you know, um, look, that works out great. If it's someone like, I guess Patrick Reed is a good, a good guy to have that. If it's a yeah, JT, it kind of worked out good. But most of the time, the PGA Tour runs a bigger risk of having a nobody like a Jason Kokrak, like shoot up the leaderboard, and now all of a sudden this person's like you know second or third going into the Tour Championship when they had one good tournament, right? And so I, I think they want to pull back on that a little bit. I would. Um, and then the second really gripe I have with it about the whole thing was. Like I have to say that, like, I'm, I'm not like, you know, Rory made some comments before the tournament about, you know, the money shouldn't mean that much and all that. I'm sure he kind of regrets that now. Cause I'm sure he's happy having 15, being $15 million richer after winning the damn thing. But before it, he made some comments like it should be about the prestige and all that stuff. And look, prestige, the bottom line is prestige takes time. Like you can't like the masters just wasn't the masters the first year the masters was born right i mean prestige is the open championship because it's the oldest you know it's so old right and so it takes time for that to happen i think the fedex cup final the tour championship can get there but it's it's going to take time and i think it also takes the other thing that can help with prestige is an, an iconic golf course and eastlake does have some history right but i just don't find the golf course all that interesting like i can't i can't give you Besides seeing like the one image that I only have of East Lake that I that I that will burn in my memory is Tiger Woods last year with the fans running behind him and and him like you know getting out of the bunker and tapping in. 
but the rest of the course is pretty much just kind of vanilla to me. And I, I think that if they either did one of two things, like kind of moved the tour championship to like, you know, all around to major, like really major type of venues, like the U S open does. Like if you saw Oakmont hop on there and Cherry Hills, Oakland Hills, Olympic club, like all, all over it, they did that. I think that would help it. Um, or if they just chose a better venue, I don't know. But those are my two grips. That's a long, that's a long winded answer. Sorry. <laughs> no. Okay. So a, a lot to unpack there. Um, but let's start with format. At number one, it was way easier to follow. Everyone knew where they stood and you know, you had to win this golf tournament to win the FedEx cup essentially, which, you know, for all the years before, but as you mentioned, we're looking at Steve fans do math on a big board while the guys are missing, making yeah. birdies, making bogeys. And it's, you know, I, I remember watching the Tiger last year. We don't know where he stood, depending on what Rose did on that final hole. It was just weird, right? And so the fact mm-hmm. that we have one champion, we know exactly where guys stand, is an improvement and something to follow. I agree with you. The potential that this could go wrong for the PGA Tour, I think, is enormous. Now, it worked out for them because we got probably – the two guys we wanted to see with Brooks and Worry and even JT and Xander for a little bit going down the stretch that worked out. Another thing too on this point. So they did this scenario over a million different scenarios out of in the change in format and only one year the FedEx Cup champion was different. Um, and I believe it was right. the Billy Horschel year. So um Hats off to them because it's worked out. We'll have to see down the road if it continues to work out. Um, I liked it because I was just easier to follow, and I think that we should have one champion. On the second point about venue, um, I kind of like the idea that we go to the same golf course. It's the reason why we love Augusta, right? And as this tour championship becomes more of a regular thing, I believe it will do exactly what you said and give it more prestige, right? Like, and that's just going to take time. And so the fact that that has a lot of history, you know, it's not that far from Augusta. It's in the ATL area. I like the fact that I know the holes. I know 18's at par five now. And yes, it doesn't have a lot of interesting characteristics to it the way it's something like Augusta does. But as we watch the Torch Championship more and more, I think we'll be more recognized. And, and this is something that, we like so um half off to him it, it worked out points taken emma you uh you got a take on it on, on the whole format i just i i i just think that it was a little bit easier to follow like uh scotty was saying and i mean I, i'm more of a fan and i don't get into the nitty-gritty like you guys and for me it was just a lot easier to follow this season um i know that there was a lot of um a, a lot of ridicule and a lot of like naysayers but um, to kind of jump around, like, I think that the tour d- deserves credit. Like, I, I think that they tr- tried something and it produced what they were looking for um, with, an, with a positive outcome, and that was entertainment. So, and that's exactly yeah. what we got on, on Sunday afternoon. We definitely got it. I, I hear what Scott is saying, too, about it, it worked out for them. because it, it really could be a disaster. Not only could, like, people like shoot up the leaderboard for having all those points, the first two playoff series, uh, playoff yeah. tournaments. But then at the same time, if one of those guys that finishes like that's five shots back comes up and wins and it's just kind of a weird thing. Like, okay, yeah. this guy had like 
a hot three weeks and he ends up being like tour champion, I don't think you're really accomplishing. You're not getting the big name up there and you're not getting like the person who is best up there. So really, I don't think so. It it has the the chance of failing, but I I think more times than not, it's going to produce the right thing. And also I think like a lot of people's knock on, on the staggered thing was, well, it's going to be so weird. It's just going to be weird on Thursday when someone's like playing their second hole and they're like 10 under. And I just didn't think that was weird. I think like I was prepared for it. Like I knew it was going to be So real quickly, like you say, you say about how like it could be, it it couldn't be like the greatest thing, but like, let's think back to the beginning of the season where, you know, in the beginning it was Justin Johnson was the, the man that was talked about and the man to beat. Um, and, and then at that same time, you had Brooks Kupka, who was finishing, like, I think in the mid twenties or whatever, of that same week that like Dustin Johnson, uh, won the tournament. So it's like, yeah. where the was Dustin Johnson at the end of this? He, Dustin Johnson won the HSBC. Yeah. And? I might have lost Emily, but yeah, he won the HSBC. Yeah. I think where she was kind of going with that is like, he won a bunch of turn or he did well at the start of the year, once in terms of the start of the year, and those tournaments yeah. obviously don't carry the same – those wins don't carry the same weight as they do right. at the end of the year. Right. I, I understand mean, that. Right. Here, look, you, you, could, you could dissect this a million different ways. I, like I said earlier, I don't know that there's a perfect way to do it, I, but it worked right. out this year, like Scotty said. The only counter to that argument would be, well, aren't the playoffs supposed to matter more? Yeah, I, and I think they should. And I, that's a good point, Scotty. I'm glad you brought that up. But just so everyone kind of knows, for a regular PGA Tour win, you get around 500 FedEx Cup points. For a major or a uh, or a WGC, it's like six or 700 FedEx Cup points. For winning at Liberty National, like like Patrick Reed did, 2,100 points. <laughs> so I just think that's I mean, he went from 40 or 50 something all the way up to number like four. Where I just think I just think that's a little bit too much. Like, let's make it a thousand, twelve hundred. Right. You know, somewhere I'm in with that you range. There. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, be- I just I think, think it should like- be close to the ma- It should be close to what the majors are, right? The majors and I feel playoff events should be pretty close. Yeah, and and if you want to give it a few more points in the majors, like I said, I'd be okay with it. But I, yeah, I agree. Generally speaking, it should be somewhere around what the majors are. It shouldn't be way more than that so somebody you know somebody could just basically have a pretty average season and then just rock it up (laughs) yeah like get in the top 50 like do awesome in the playoffs you know yeah i hear you yeah you're the tour champion um but anyways and and a good a good august can win you 50 million 15 cool 15 mil um the last thing scotty was that you know you i do i don't mind the fact that it's at the same venue I just can't get into East. Like I, I was thinking about it over the last two years, and I just the course in general, like the par five, there's just not that much intrigue. And I think it's just straightforward, narrow. You know, the Bermuda rough makes it a little difficult. Like you got to drive it in the fairway, but it's it's just tree lined. It's kind of flat. There's not too much water. It you know the par fives aren't that risk reward. Like everybody on the par fives just wails at it, and if they end up in a greenside bunker, they end up in a greenside bunker. And the bunkers aren't even that penalizing. It's all about whether the, where the pin locations are that make the hole difficult or not. So I just don't think, you know, Augusta is Augusta. I, it's hard to compare anything to that. But 
you know, I, I just think that there are a lot of other tournaments, some that are already on the PGA Tour that host WGCs or PGA Tour events that have a better, that fans have a better connection and understanding with, and that, that would provide a little bit more intrigue coming down. So even if it were the same venue, if they threw it at Medina every year, even though they ate that place up this year, um, you know, I'd still probably like enjoy it a little more as a fan. That's all. Uh, well, sounds but, like we got to go to, uh, sounds like we got to go to East Lake. I know. Yeah, man, we gotta go East Lake. Test it out. Um, anyway, so that's a lot, a lot of lots unpacked there, but I think that's that's kind of us catching up and giving our opinions. We haven't really talked too much about the FedEx Cup format or 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 the the playoffs in general because we've been a little bit away. So. Um, but that's that. Uh, what else happened? We had we had uh, Brooks named Player of the Year this morning, right, Scotty? He did. He was named uh, Player of the Year. Um, he narrowly beat out uh, Rory McIlroy. Um, just quick, very similar uh, records this year. Um, obviously, Brooks got the best of Rory in Memphis, and then Rory this past weekend got the best of Brooks. Um, you know, B at BK winning the CJ Cup, the PGA, and like as I said, the FedEx, uh, the WGC FedEx, and then you had Roy obviously win the Canadian Open this past weekend at the Tour Championship, and then back in March won the Players. So three wins each. Uh, Brooks had the second at uh, Augusta. So Brooks narrowly won. I think you could make an argument for either of those guys to be Player of the Year, and probably gave it to Brooks because he won the major. Second at I mean, and it is also very important to, to point yeah. to, it's very important to point out as well that this is Brooks um, consecutive year winning this prestigious award. So um, it's a back to back and uh, congrats to him. Yeah. 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 I, um, I was going to say like, although that, that I forgot about the second at the master Scotty. So that's sort of like hinders my argument coming because now I'm kind of like, uh, <laughs> um, but the, the, I thought it was definitely a toss up and most people sided with Brooks, um, which again, you take the, the, the win of the PGA and the, and the, the second at the, at the masters. I mean, those are earlier in the year plus a player's championship. Well, not that was, that was Rory's win. But um, when you add up Brooks a season, I do think probably after the second at Augusta and the, and the major win, like kind of agree with Scotty, it's probably a slight edge. Um, I was going to say Rory before that, but I was definitely teetering. I, I think it's like, a, I think it's a toss up. I mean, my recency bias want, wanted to say Rory, but yeah. uh, Brooks just plays so good in the bigger events at WGC, um, you know, all of that stuff. Though it was one, one thing I'll point out about the players because Rory did not have that on his resume. And what's tough about Rory winning at the players is that that's not a bomber's paradise. That's a place where usually you have to be very, very sharp with your ball striking on that course and very good with your putting on that course. First year playing it in March, but it's just usually not a bomber's course. And um, and that was a big win for Rory. I think that's great to add to his resume there. Um, and and a lot of a lot of top ten finishes and and just a good season for Rory. So it could have gone either way, but yeah, you're right. Brooks probably gets the edge with with the with the major win and the uh, and the T two at. What do you think, Em? I mean, I just had a question about this. Do you think that the reason why Brooks won is just because um, he he had 84 
total points in his three victories on tour over right. McElroy, who had 78 points. I mean, does that right. really what that's really what takes the cake on this? Like, and that's what deciphers who becomes the player of the year and who doesn't? According to everything that I read and, and the way that those points were, yeah, they looked at books and gave him the slight edge on points. See, like, I, you know, I, I think that, uh, I don't, I think that with all that Rory has, um, ha has been, um, has gone through throughout the, the year and he's battled back and he came back and he won the tour championship. I don't know. Part of me feels like I, I would have given it to Rory instead of Brooks. Yes. I'm not going to discredit the fact that he had a great year, but at the same time, it's like, you gotta, you gotta perform when, when it's, meaningful and he didn't step up to the plate the last few the last few tournaments in my opinion well well he won the wc and, and and he's got the major still carries the most weight yeah exactly and he, yeah. he won the major right yeah. he, won, he won the major i don't i i'm with emily on the point that like i wouldn't go strictly on points for players of the year i do like to have some kind of like voter interest there some like dialogue about you know it's kind of like voting oh. on a Cy Young or something like that yeah, yeah. you know you want to you want to vote for you want to vote for someone that well, like yeah a lot of people have staggering statistics but you kind of want to vote for just a little bit of your gut and what you saw and I think that yeah. was the argument for Rory is like he had such a solid year and came up really short um or just short on a couple Sundays and right. took a lot Again. of heat for it really and then and then honestly came back and and, and finish strong and everything else but yeah i, I mean just, i, I still probably because of the major but, you know, anyway. I, yeah i mean look uh, yeah I, I started the podcast talking about how i believe roy mcelroy is the best, best player in the world right like i i would give it to roy too but i think it's tough to argue against against a first and a second in a major yeah i would say and i no i i so i completely agree with that and i kind of agree with that as Rory goes, there's, there's three players in the world that really just, I think, um, when they're striking the ball good, you can make an argument for either any one of them, and that's Brooks, Dustin, and Rory. And when they're striking the ball well, it really comes down to just who's going to putt that weekend. And I thought Rory this year, if you're going to compare him to Brooks, Brooks probably had – as good of a year, if not better, than him in terms of ball striking, in terms of driving, in terms of tee to green. Like, just tee to green, I think he was better. But he, Rory had a lot of Sundays where he couldn't make a putt or had a lot of times where it almost looked like he had the putting yips. And he just needs to figure out what is going to free up his stroke like it did this weekend, like like it did two years ago at Bay Hill after he talked to Brad Baxton. And, you know, if he gets his putting stroke dialed in, then I agree with Scotty. He's the best player in the world. You know, you just he probably edges out Dustin and Brooks by a little bit. I just think he's the best player in the world. But he needs to be able to putt. I think he has the, the – when I give someone the best player in the world, I want to be able to say that person does everything better than everybody else. And Rory doesn't putt better than everybody else. He's a mediocre putter on tour right now, you could argue. And that's that's – that's his problem. It's hard to say like, okay, this guy's by far better than anybody when he has this innate problem with the putter. And if that, he could figure that out. He'd, he'd have more majors, more PGA tour wins, everything else. But anyways, that's my Rory take. That's a good Rory the take. The fair criticism. Yeah. 
That's a good word. But you know who I I think the best player in the or Cecilia. She's try, wanting to chime in here, you guys. You have no idea. Cecilia Cecilia wants to give her Brooks versus Rory thing. No, she just wanted to say that she loves Tiger. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, is she kidding. praying for Tiger after her surgery? Yeah, yeah. I was just saying, Big surgery yeah. today. He did big news. He had he had a surgery. Scotty, do you have any news on that? Oh, he just had a procedure on his left knee, and he put out a statement that he's going to be rehabbing, and um, he's still going to try to play um, in Japan in October in the Zozo 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 Championship. Zuzu? So, Zozo. No real news. Yeah. Zozo. Yeah. It's a new tournament. I don't, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correct. So that's all right. That's all right. No, but um, I think that I mean. So uh, speaking though of October, um, it brings us to basically what's next and and uh, what's next for for tournaments. So we have what's going on in two weeks and then and beyond. You guys. Yeah, you talking about the green card. So. Right, that will kick off September tw that weekend of September twelfth, um, and then we'll go into basically the fall series and you know a longer, elongated season now that our one season in in August and the fall the entire fall season now is starting in the middle or the beginning of September. What do you guys think about that? I like it. I, I think I think it works out. I mean, I, so the new schedule in general, like now, the big thing is obviously the season's ended sooner than it ever has. Um, you know, I, I don't mind it. I, I think I, I thought I'd mind it more, but knowing that college football starts this weekend and having the, the tour championship last weekend, I, you know, and then it's not like we're starved for golf, for golf, right? Like it starts back up. Green is in a total new spot. You know, and if you're into golf and you're into the fall series and you just want to, you know, hopefully there won't be as many marquee players playing in the fall tournament. There really never is. So I don't know that it changes that much. I think it puts a good cap on the end of the summer when you finish this thing before Labor Day. So I think the new schedule change in general um, is a success. I think, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing some of these typical fall golf series events and the Greenbrier in a different spot in, in the fall. Um, so I think all that all that works. I'm with you. I couldn't have said it better. Yeah, I, was, I would say the same. I think it, I think they we talk a, a lot about, go ahead. Sorry, Scott. Sorry, Emily. No, it's okay. I mean, it's just difficult as all three of us are in different locations and we're, you know, on a recording device that steps over you. But all, all I was going to say is just that um, I think that they did a, a, a solid by changing up the schedule so that it could free up and, um, you know, we, we were able to focus on, on this uh, PGA Tour Championship. And, and now we get to focus a little bit more on to college football and the NFL and, and dabble with the fall series. So I think that um, it was smart on, on their behalf, for sure. That's all. Uh, I like it. Um, last thing, we talked a little bit about uh, Rory and Brooks and who's, who had the better year and you know those guys at the top of the leaderboard obviously had a great year but <laughs> we had a couple big names this year i just want to bring up a couple big names that didn't have a great yep. year at all that we'd like to see yep. better uh 
Scotty brought up this point. I think it'd be a little interesting, quick debate. <laughs> Who had a worse year, Jordan Speed or Jason Day? Scotty, you yeah. you had this idea, so why don't you kick it off? Well, so so this wasn't an original idea, but but I was reading you know Golf WRX's headlines and and they made this comparison of of who had the worst year, and a lot of them said Jordan Spieth. Um, a lot of hey Emily, how about a mute? Give us a mute. Can you give us a mute, Emily? Sorry. That uh um, they're the problems are entirely different, right? As far as as yeah. far as who had a, a worse season, and, and Jordan Spieth, his his problems are entirely from hitting the ball offline and not being able to get a very close proximity to the hole, and therefore lead to bad putting statistics and leads to really bad weekends. Um, Jason Day seems like there might be more going on personal. Um, he had a pretty good Masters, and after that, had not a great season. Um, we know about the drama with uh, Stevie Williams coming back and then firing after only like four events. And so whatever he's got going on, whether it be fatherhood, whether it be Ellie, whatever it may be, it seems like there are some problems that might be surrounding him outside of golf. I have confidence that Jordan Spieth's problems are about golf and he can fix those because he's, that's what he does. Jason Day's problems seem maybe a little bit more personal than athletic. So I, I, there's a couple things there. So the other thing about Jason Day, I think you're kind of spot on is that, that the speed thing's pretty much fully golf. Um, and Jason's is probably different than that. Uh, Speeth actually had a decent year putting, but just really ball striking wise, just struggled. And tee to green, he struggled. I mean, it was off the tee. Uh, it was with his irons. He, he really seemed like he he's fighting a lot of, swing thoughts and as much as he can kind of come out and say that he's close or he's getting closer, he feels good. And you see him cause he's a pro he'd have a tournament or he'd have a day or two here or there where he hit it well and he scored. Okay. And, and, um, and then oftentimes it fade on the weekends. And, um, but I think he'll figure that out. I think he's a generational talent. And I think at some point um, it will, it will click with him. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I wonder personally whether he needs to take a little bit more of a Brooks Kepka approach and a little bit less of a Bryson DeChambeau approach and just simplify things a little bit. I think, I think it seems like the past two seasons, Jordan Spieth's had to answer for so much uh, that I think he's, and he's a super hard worker that I think he's out there grinding too hard. I think he's, he's trying to alter things too much. Um, but he did putt a lot better, so that's definitely on the upside. But he's really got to figure out his ball striking. He was a phenomenal ball striker coming out of college. He's been a, he was a phenomenal yeah. ball striker the first few years he was on tour, and I think he still has a talent. He's just got to simplify things a little bit in his head. Um, with Jason Day, uh, you know, I don't know too much about his personal life. I don't want to grasp at straws too much personally. I know that he did, you know, he had a tough you know, path to the tour. He had a tough yeah. path to professional golf. And I know uh, even before he won his PGA championship, he had thought earlier that year, he admitted it in a Faraday interview. I remember he had thought earlier in that year about, about quitting, you know, so I think he's got, he's probably does have some mental battles on, on the personal side, but I don't want to jump too far into that. The one thing I think is 
physically. Uh, he had some back issues earlier this year, so I think that could have a lot to do with it as well. And you're trying to figure out what you can, what your body can and can't do around a back injury. And I know what that's like. Um, uh, other <laughs> players obviously know what that's like, but that's that's a very difficult thing to do when you hit it as aggressively as Jason Day does. I mean, he's an explosive, sure. powerful player. He's a he's a power player. That's his advantage is length off the tee, everything else. He's, but he's a phenomenal short game player. So I think he's trying to figure out how he deals with that injury as well. And, you know, uh, he's probably trying to avoid surgery. I don't really know. But I hope that he can get him, get himself right, whether it's his mind, his back, whatever. Hope, hopefully he can get himself right. Because having those yeah. two as part of that, that top five, top six echelon on tour, along with all the other talents, just good for golf. Um, him, agree, totally agree, and and two of my favorite players to watch. And unfortunately, down the stretch of this last year, we didn't see a whole lot of Jordan Spieth, didn't see a whole lot of Jason Day, and that's just because they weren't playing well. And the tour needs those guys as young stars of of our of our game to be going deep into seasons and playing and, and challenging for tour championships. Right, just two of the names you you just want to see more at the top of the leaderboard. I think they'll figure it out, um, uh, and hopefully they do this upcoming season, which starts in a couple of weeks. But yeah. anyways, that's all I got, Scotty and Emily. I know Emily sounds like she's dealing with uh, with uh, uh, our crying child across the country. So um, I'll let Emily come back on and say bye. But um, Vito just got home. I feel rude because uh, Mom <laughs> McKenna is op- opening mail and drinking a glass of wine while I – I pace around the house on the podcast right now, so I should probably get going. You know, you just got to do what you got to do. I was just going to say that, you know, just as a reminder, remember to follow, subscribe, rate, and comment on on uh, Spotify, iTunes, Apple, whatever it may be, uh, Podbean. We'd love to uh, hear what you have to say. All right. Later, Scotty. Bye, Cecilia. Love you, Emily. <laughs> See you guys. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.